Welcome to another podcast with Retire Ready Solutions. This is Ed Dressel, and today I'm excited to bring a different perspective to the table. Jim Westrom is with the school district out of Minneapolis and has a different perspective for 403B advisors on what an advisor brings to the table and what they're looking forward to and some of their internal processes. And Jim, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Ed, for having me today. Uh, my name is Jim Westrom. I'm the Executive Director of Finance and Business with the Wayzata Public Schools. We're a public school district of about 12,000 students located in a suburban area of the Minneapolis-St. Paul metropolitan area in Minnesota. And my role is to primarily um, act as a district CFO and assist our human resources in making sure that we are aligned with our mission and vision when we are looking at employee compensation strategies. So you're, you said 12,000 students. How many teachers and employees does that give you total? Sure. As I mentioned, uh, we have about 12,000 students and we have about 1,500 employees that are employed by the Wayzata Public Schools. So let's jump in. You're obviously going to be exposed in detail to the 403B plans. What's, what's a little bit of your 403B philosophy? The 403B philosophy in the school district is we want our compensation packages to be aligned with our district's mission, our vision, our values, and our strategic directions. And because we're a service organization, it wouldn't be a surprise that we would have many employees and that compensation and benefits would be a large part of our expenditures on an annual basis. Our 403B philosophy is that we seek to leverage the Internal Revenue Code 403B tools to maximize the use of taxpayers' dollars as we design an attractive compensation package that allows the district to not only attract, retain, and reward high-quality staff to fulfill our mission, but we also want to make sure that our employees are ready when the time comes for them to consider retirement. Clearly, in recent years, there has been an overarching migration from defined benefit plans to defined contribution plans in the private sector, and we're kind of anticipating that that would probably occur in the public sector, specifically in public schools, in the near future. For people not familiar with what's happening in Minnesota, what's happening to the, the pension system there specifically, and how's that impacting the move to the 403B? Yeah, actually in Minnesota, as well as throughout the country, I think there is a more focus on the under and unfunded pension liabilities that have been promised over many, many years to our public employees. And we've seen that pretty much get phased out and shifted from a defined benefit plan to a defined contribution plan in the private sector. And we anticipate that that will occur more and more frequently in the public sector as well. So knowing that uh, that the public's appetite for pension plans and for the expenditures associated with that, uh, we think there's a migration to start to leverage the 403Bs with our employees. Recently in, in Minnesota, the legislature has done some austerity provisions, which basically means that they have reduced the amount of promises and pension income for current retirees as well as for future retirees. And so for as far as good and best practices for an individual teacher or an individual public school employee, they're gonna to wanna to make sure that they are leveraging social security, personal savings, tax deferred savings, and other tools so that they're 
ready to retire when that time comes. So pretty typical from what's happening around the country. Yes, it is very typical. So in working with collective bargaining, how are you getting buy-in from the employees? Yes, Ed. As you know, in school districts, many school districts have collectively bargained employment agreements, which means that, uh, for instance, our custodians might belong to a union or our teachers may belong to a union. Quite honestly, over over many years, um, it's been it's been difficult to fully explain and provide a lot of clarity on the value of tax-deferred savings for employees as well as the corresponding matches or employee, employer matches that are actually bargained to incentivize a behavior. So many people who are financially astute understand that if you start saving early and saving in a tax-preferred vehicle such as a 403B and also having an employer make some type of contribution to incent that behavior to make it even more attractive, it's important that people understand the value of that. In the past, it's been difficult to explain that because typically financial matters are expressed in a spreadsheet or expressed using somewhat complex mathematical equations. One of the things that we found in the school district that I'm in, when we were encouraging increases in district matches to encourage increased participation in employees' tax-deferred elections, uh, we often found that the employees didn't have a lot of clarity around that. One of the things that we found really helpful is we looked at a track and track actually takes into consideration a number of different factors, which, which helps to add to the clarity that we were able to communicate with the collectively bargained employee negotiators. So for instance, every employee is at a different stage in their life. You might have a 25 year old new hire, you may have a mid-career employee, or you may have someone who's near retirement. So it's very difficult to come up with a answer or some type of information that is understanded or relevant to all employees. But with TRAC, we were able to, on the fly, pretty much demonstrate the effectiveness and the outcomes of improving or increasing employee elections or improving or increasing the district's matching contributions. And we were easily able to show how that would impact a 25-year-old, a mid-year employee, and someone approaching retirement. Also giving consideration to the fact that there's usually a number of different prongs associated with retirement. Social security has an impact. Uh, Public pension plans have an impact. Personal savings have an impact. And of course, tax-deferred savings through a vehicle such as a 403B have an impact. And what we found the most valuable is with track, we were able to clearly demonstrate and get buy-in from the members of the negotiating team that this was really beneficial for all of their members, not just for a certain portion of their members. So you, you're using our solution track and let everybody know, Jim met me at a conference in Arizona a few years ago and came over and picked up the solutions for, for use in this context to help explain to the negotiators the benefits you're bringing to the table in terms that make it really clear for them to understand. That is true. Um, what I found the most attractive about TRAC is that it allowed us to easily demonstrate the coordination of a number of factors such as Social Security benefits, pension benefits, 403B 
savings and then other personal savings. And the use of track software strengthened both the districts and the collectively bargained union's leadership endorsement of adding and or increasing matching 403B contributions, including special pay plans and employee salary deferral strategies as well. And that parallels what the ARA and the NTSA, their research does, is showing them that an integrated benefit analysis really helps people understand how to move forward well. I mean, what you're saying is it's not only individual teacher, but it is also, hey, we're in negotiations. We want to show what we're bringing to the table. Let me show you the benefits we're bringing to your teachers at various points in their career. And people, you know, you're engaging the negotiators, which is a very different context than I ever thought of using our solution. So what is your current policy for 403B providers, and how do you ensure that your employees have access to these providers? Sure. Our current practice in the Wayzata School District is we are currently working with five providers. We have two platforms that are self-service, and then we also have three full-service financial advisors who work with the district and specifically with our employees. The district went through a formal RFP request for proposal process in 2009, and we selected this model. This was in part due to the fact that the district previously had simply um, been a remitter, but now we decided to actually take on a role as a plan sponsor. As you're probably aware, school districts are non-ERISA, so we are not required to take on a fiduciary responsibility. However, from a strategic standpoint and from the school board's perspective, as well as our employees' perspective, we wanted to make sure that we were uh, following best practices. So the district administration went through a thorough review again in 2019 in anticipation of the March 2020 IRS opportunity to adopt a new agreement. And since that point, we have adopted and approved an IRS-approved plan and continue to look at leveraging the tools associated with the 403B contributions, salary deferrals, and special pay plans. So in the context of RFPs, when an advisor comes and says, hey, I want to work with you, did any of them bring education tools such as track to the table? And if so, or if not, what impact would it have on somebody saying, hey, I want to help. Here's how I'm going to bring the education process to your teachers. What, what impact would that have in an RFP? As a school district evaluates its strategic partners, I think we're always looking for three things. We're looking for operational excellence. Uh, will that strategic partner deliver quality, price, and ease of use. We're also looking for product leadership. Um, does that advisor create the best products and services, and are they able to differentiate themselves from others? And then finally, we're looking for customer intimacy. We're wanting to make sure that the advisor delivers what our customers want and what our customers need. So as we're going through an RFP process, I think it would be really valuable if the advisor or the company that was seeking to partner with the school district actually did share that they had uh, tools available that they could share not only with the district administration, but with the employee groups and individual employees as well. So we're always looking for ways to make sure that we're using taxpayer dollars wisely. I'll just share with you really quick that uh, we spent about 2% of our entire operating budget on 403B matches. And uh, that's strategic in nature because we believe that the compensation package goes beyond 
simple compensation. We believe that health insurance is a uh, valuable benefit for our employees. It allows us to attract and retain, make sure that our employees stay with us. We believe other benefits, you're probably aware, dental insurance, life insurance, LTD. But we think one of the stronger benefits to make sure that our employees stay with us for the duration is that they are able to retire when they are ready to retire. And so the 403B match and the 403B elective deferrals are also a critical part. I think many of our employees, as I mentioned before, are at different parts of their life or different parts of their career. So you may have a new 25-year-old employee who's just joining your organization. Retirement's probably the furthest thing on their mind, but we all know from all of our education that you need to start saving when you're in your early career. But we also have people in the middle of their career where they're busy with family and other activities, and then we have people who are approaching retirement. In all cases, I think it's critical that our financial advisors or investment advisors who seek to be a strategic partner with the school district have the ability to clearly communicate and share the benefits associated with them, with their product, and how they can create an integrated benefit analysis for our employees. So what type of things can an advisor do to help create a strong working relationship with a school district or a business administrator such as yourself? Our district's practice is to form a strategic alliance with our 403B providers, both with the provider and the financial advisors as well. We align our compensation packages with our district's mission, vision, values, and strategic direction. The district seeks to leverage the Internal Revenue Code 403B tools to maximize the use of taxpayer dollars in an attractive compensation package that allows the district to attract, retain, and reward high-quality staff to serve the district stakeholders. And as you know, it's public school district, we're looking at students and education. With that being said, we value the knowledge and the customer service our financial advisors bring to the table and partner with them to communicate the value to employees. We view our partners in the context of providing operational excellence, customer intimacy, and product differentiation so that we can demonstrate that we are looking out for our employees as well as all stakeholders. What are some of the things that your 403B providers have done to help promote the program in your school district? In the Wyzetta District, our 403 providers have worked closely with the district administration as well as leadership within each of the collectively bargained employee groups. This allows us to create unanimous support of employee education and participation in preparing for retirement. Specifically, over the years, we have been fully utilizing and leveraging all the best components of the Internal Revenue Code 403B architecture. This includes salary deferral, both pre-tax, and we've actually added Roth in recent years as well, because there are appropriate times to save on a pre-tax basis in a 403B, and there are appropriate times to save in a Roth for a 403B. We're also using 403B employer matches to incentivize behavior. Um, we think that value of an employee electing to defer a portion of their salary for retirement is valuable. And by adding a 403B employer match, we think that will help to incentivize the employee to save even more. Uh, the district has also utilized the non-elective employer contribution strategy associated with 403Bs. We have used that to encourage perfect attendance. Many of our employees work during the school year and have the summer where they can seek routine medical examinations and dental 
appointments and such. And so if an employee minimizes the number of sick days that they utilize during the instructional year, we will actually reward them by making a non-elective employer contribution into their 403B. We think that's a valuable way to make sure that our employees and our teachers specifically are in the classroom when our students are in the classroom. And then finally, we have also utilized the post-employment funding for retirement and severance. Many school districts will actually make some type of severance payment, or they may also pay for unused sick days at the time that an employee separates service. And so that is another benefit associated with the 403B Internal Revenue Code provisions useful for our school district. Our 403B financial advisors normally attend our annual benefit fair, and they also have ample opportunities planned by both the district and the unions to allow employees the opportunity to learn more about the strengths of participating in a 403B plan. And we think participation in a 403B plan is important from hire date all the way till the retirement date. So we've created an environment where we have attempted to provide information and demonstrate the district's commitment to the value as an advisor, as a strategic partner. What additional types of things would you like to see 403B providers bringing to the table? I think one of the most value-added things that a 403B provider can bring to the table would be to continue to give financial literacy instruction to our employees. I know a number of the 403B providers have websites and they allow their employees to kind of go in and do a little self-serve lesson on different strategies that will allow them to gain additional financial literacy. However, we all know how difficult it can be to go in and do self-serve learning on a website. I think it would be really valuable for an advisor to actually attempt to set up appointments with employees of the school district and subsequently clients of that advisor and go over an integrated benefit analysis such as is available with the TRAC software. We found it very useful to go in to track and create integrated benefit analysis. And we found that it was quite easy to do that for people at different points in their career. I believe that an integrated benefit analysis provides enough clarity to really convince and corroborate that uh, 403B participation is important. Financial literacy has a broad definition to it, a lot of different working parts. What parts of financial literacy would you prioritize in the education process? Financial literacy for a teacher or an employee of a public school district really is quite broad, as you mentioned. We obviously have many employees that will have some type of pension in the future when they retire. We also have many employees who will be eligible for Social Security. We also want to encourage our employees to save themselves, whether it be through a personal savings vehicle or whether it be through the district-sponsored 403B plans or 457 plans. So those are one portion of a very broad financial literacy or financial plan that needs to be addressed by our employees. But there are other items as well. I think we're seeing an increase in student debt being a portion or student loan debt being a portion of the financial literacy plan. We're looking at mortgages. We're looking at consumer debt. We're also looking at risk management. We're looking at should an employee give consideration or should an individual give consideration to buying uh, life insurance policies or long-term disability insurance policies or long-term care insurance policies. 
There are so many components to this financial wellness. That is one reason why our school district, in looking at best practices, has uh, really concentrated on aligning our benefit package with our employees' needs to create not only financial wellness, but to encourage our employees to seek financial literacy. And I think the financial literacy portion is really one of the primary benefits of working with an advisor. As we all know, with today's websites and everything, a lot of, a lot of information is available out on the website. However, I think a financial advisor can bring value by working with an individual to provide clarity. And because they are trusted and they're competent, and they have experience with a wealth of different situations, a financial advisor can really be a strategic partner, not only for the school district, but a strategic partner with an employee of a school district, specifically a teacher. So do you have any do's or don'ts for advisors that work in your school district? Sure. Yep. So my recommendation for advisors working in a school district is you really there's three things that you really want to do. You want to develop a strategic partnership, not only with the district administration, but you also want to build that strategic partnership with the employee union leadership. And of course, you would want to also build that strategic partnership with individual employees that you serve. The second thing is, is I would recommend that you gain visibility as a trusted expert committed to operational excellence, customer intimacy, and product differentiation, showing how your product and your brand, you specifically and the companies that you represent, can bring value to the employees. And then the last thing I would say is attend as many formally organized events as possible. It's so important to connect with individual employees, and I think it's important to connect with individual employees in person. So many school districts will have a benefit fair uh, many school districts will, on occasion, have opportunities for an advisor to meet face-to-face -face with employees. And I think any time that you can do that, I would encourage you to do that. The primary reason for doing that is individuals will notice that you're competent and that you're committed to their needs and that you could be a trusted advisor and a strategic partnership, not only with the district, but with the employee. How about some don'ts? You must have a few. Uh, please don't do this when you come into school district. Sure. So one of the things that I would share with an advisor, there are some things that you probably don't want to do um, because they're not going to build your brand. Actually, they may actually harm your brand. I would actually say don't view your work so much as selling, but instead as being a trusted strategic expert who can allow the district and its employees to achieve their objectives. I do know that in conversations that I've had with my colleagues in other districts, sometimes our financial advisors or advisors in the financial industry may grow a little frustrated because the access to employees has been restricted. Probably no secret that in today's day and age, there is more emphasis on the security of public school buildings and a limitation on the number of visitors and the times of day that visitors can actually visit with employees or meet with employees within the school district. I think that provides some additional challenges for advisors. Uh, many, many years ago, it wouldn't be uncommon for an advisor to be able to come in over the lunch hour and meet with teachers in an informal setting and just kind of create that rapport and maybe answer questions kind of on the fly. 
I think in this day and age, um, it's important for advisors to understand that the administrators and administrators in school districts and school boards specifically have given a greater concern to the safe environment and providing a secure environment within the public schools for students and for staff as well. So one of the things is I would look at new strategies to connect with employees. And if you are feeling frustrated because you are able to actually visit employees within the school building, within the school day, continue to seek a solution that creates a double win for not only the school administrator, but for the employees. And perhaps that is um, communicating outside of the school day or sharing information either in a paper format or in an electronic format to meet at a time other than during the school day. Jim, I appreciate you taking the time today, providing a unique perspective to financial advisors as they step into school districts and the perspective that a school district may have when they are looking for an advisor and how to differentiate their services. I appreciate you taking the time, and I wish you the best in the school district and that cold weather that you get up in Minneapolis area. (laughs) Thank you very much, Ed.